and welcome to Beyond the Venue podcast with your host, MG, the venue specialist. I am joined today by Cecily Alexandria, who I'm very excited to have. She is a Black woman of many, many talents, many of which include producer, actor, writer, friend, auntie, wedding officiant, human person, and more. But among the top descriptors. She is above all a comedian. She has appeared in many comedy festivals and podcasts, so I'm very lucky to have her today. She also authored a book entitled Vagina Strong, which we can dive into a little bit. So if you are looking for a smart, informed, and very funny human, she's right here. Cecily, thank you so much for joining today. How, how are you feeling today? I feel pretty good, and thanks for having me on. So. I'm excited. So excited. Yes. <laughs> so the the funny story, this is actually the first time that you and I have ever had a verbal conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I first was introduced uh, to Cecily. You were performing at one of uh, Hillary's tell, tell Me a Story or the Speak yeah. Up. I, remind me of what, what those were <laughs> back in the uh, before times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell Me a Story is okay. the... Um, what Hillary's live show was. So yes, yes. Um, Who I only just met Hillary in the summer of 2019, which was shortly after I started my business. Um, so you were performing at one of her shows, and I, you know, started following you on Instagram and on Twitter, and just love what you're putting out in the universe. And then with the shutdown, you started hosting your own shows, and so I've been tuning into that and absolutely enjoying those as well. And then I would learn, I believe you posted randomly on Instagram uh, at some point, I think over the summer or in the fall that you had your Universal Life Church uh, officiants license. So if anybody needs an officiant, and I said, hey, I actually do. I have a couple micro wedding clients who are looking for an officiant. Um, and so I remember, I think I reached out to you on either Instagram or email mm-hmm. and yeah. I was then it was a, Hey, have we actually met before? <laughs> it was this crazy MG, the venue specialist reaching out to me, asking for an officiant, but you were so kind and, you know, kind of here's the scoop. And what was interesting. I also remember specifically with the officiant that you said, sometimes it might not get recognized. And so having to kind of dive into that a little bit. So I ended up getting my officiants license as well. And so I want to start off with that. Tell me what it's been like officiating weddings. Have you done many? How long have you been? Um, And then also, have you run into these roadblocks of not being able to legally sign these wedding certificates because of the impasse at at the local level? Yeah, so honestly, I got my officiant license to do my brother's wedding. So I officiated um, my brother and his wife's wedding a few years ago. And um, it was fun. It was in Charleston. And we, like, my brother wanted me to start out with the... uh, (laughs) Princess Bride, the Mawage. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> and it was only funny to us because everybody else thought I was like stroking out. Like they were like, what is wrong? 
is something wrong with her? So is there video was, proof of this? Is there, there was this captured? There is some video proof of that. And yeah. And I think my nephew, like he was about five and he was just like, what's wrong? <laughs> but then I went back into my regular voice and everybody was like, oh, it was a bit. I get it. Um, Jokes are but, always funnier when you have to explain them for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> That's the way of comedy. You know? <laughs> um, we hate it, hate it a lot. Um, but yeah, so that was really that's the only wedding I've actually officiated. Oh, um, okay. So I was just like, I noticed there are a few comics um, like throughout the world who have put on their bio, like they officiate weddings and things. And I was like, oh, I actually can do that. So let me like let people know that I actually have the things to do. Um, did you so get any what, other inquiries besides MG, the venue specialist? No. Or, okay. Yeah. So, um, when you reached out, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I said that. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. That, that is on my list of things I said that yeah, I do. I, I do that. <laughs> That's why um, you can't lie on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many people lie on their resume and I'm one of those people that's like, I will get caught easily get caught be like I don't did I say that um <laughs> but yeah so the efficient thing is is a thing I can do I had a great time doing it for my brother and would love to do it again um and they the ULC gave like a whole packet of information different like ways of doing um doing weddings and things and I went for the full like not the full I didn't get like because they really upsell you it's it's free to like all you do is push a button and they say congratulations you are ordained but then you need to pay for the certificate so you're official and then all of these packet items. Yeah. So I, I decided to just go for their certificate and that is on the agenda for next week of, are there more things that I need to get? Cause I'll be officiating uh, at this elopement pop-up um, in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I was like, let me go for the clergy, like lanyard for no reason. <laughs> like where am I going to, <laughs> need a clergy lanyard so I went for all like not all of the things but a few of the things and occasionally (laughs) occasionally I'll like put it on like when I sign up for stuff when there's a like miss mrs reverend (laughs) I'll like choose reverend just nobody has like said anything about it but I always, if it's there, I'll be like, oh, I'm that. Let me, <laughs> let me put that on there. Well, so how does this go over with uh, your friends from college? Because I know you, you went to a pretty, a pretty conservative religious, uh, 
undergraduate yeah. program? Yeah. Um, I went, yeah, it was a Christian, Christian college, um, like Pentecostal, really the strict or not the strictest of the Christian colleges because I had um, friends from like Bob Jones University and I was like, oh, that's even worse. <laughs> that's, the, that's the 10 out of 10 and you guys were like the nine out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Eight and a half, nine, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, I I don't really communicate a whole lot with um, a lot of the people I knew back then. Um, Most of the people who I do communicate with now, like, get it and get me and are, like, they don't, they don't care. (laughs) Like, (laughs) um, but if I were to go back to like the college town that was basically just the college and a bunch of churches, um, they would be like, yeah, you're not like, you're maybe not even Christian according to us. Like, what are you doing? Um, please take that clergy lanyard down. (laughs) (laughs) So judging your life decisions. Mm -hmm. If you had to go back and do it all over again, would you pick the same college based on the experiences that you had? Or do you think you would go in a different direction? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, as like knowing who I am now and learned and all the things I would have chosen an HBCU historically mm, black mm-hmm. college um because i the college i was For the at, drum lines and and the oh stepping gosh, like all that yeah and just also history and like yes of no course way. of yeah. course <laughs> but, but absolutely there's quite a difference in the white christian college that did not have a football team um but they had a basketball team and the cheerleaders there was like only one cheerleader that could do like a back handspring so like quite a difference between that and like an HBCU who has like the drumline halftime show all those things um but I would totally go I my Christian college experience just really wasn't great like I I mean I there are stories I have yet to tell about um some of the things that happened there and it's like I I mean I guess I'm better for it I don't know but maybe not like right (laughs) I could have I could have lived without like some of the things so. Yeah, I it, that totally makes sense. And when you're when you're 18, it's so difficult to make all of these kind of quote unquote major life decisions. But I can see where that really would have shaped you in a different direction than if you would have gone to an HBCU. Um, yeah. Do you have any idea which one you would have gone to, or like now in retrospect, like I kind of wish I would have gone to? Um, I'm really not. I have no idea. Um, yeah. 
And now, and now when these kids of tomorrow hear the phrase hindsight is 2020, it's going to have a completely different meaning yeah. after what we experienced last yeah. year. <laughs> so uh, we know what it meant in the before times. Right. So we'll be like 2020. Wasn't that an awful year? And it's like, oh boy. Yeah, we, it was. <laughs> well, that segues, you know, kind of right into what I, I really wanted to talk to you today about um, with how you've been able to transition your comedy shows and take them to a virtual platform. And you have been able to pull in so many different types of audience members to join you that probably wouldn't have shown up at eight o'clock on a on a Thursday night. Um, but when we're in the comfort of our living room <laughs> yeah. and I love that you use Crowdcast because no one can see me and I can drink my <laughs> cocktail and I've got tears in my eyes and I can type little smiley faces and claps. And, um, I've just, I've really enjoyed the whole experience. So how, how did you decide what you were going to do, how you were going to do it? And, you know, what have been some wins and some challenges with the whole going beyond the venue for you? Yeah. So I started my storytelling show live, um, in 20, towards the end of 2019. And then I did a live show in February of 2020. And then we shut down the city. I live in Philly and we were shut down so um, at first, I thought it would be two weeks to a month, as I think most of us kind of were like, oh, it's two weeks to a month. Um, so I thought we would move forward after that. Um, and then it's, it continued to get longer and longer of, you know being home and not knowing um, when, when things would open up and eventually. So much uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And eventually it was just like, yeah, I don't even see going back into a venue anytime soon. Mm So, but we still need, we still need entertainment. We still need to be, we gotta laugh (laughs) yeah like there's there's still a need for it um and I had seen some like I was doing open mics like zoom open mics and also I had done Hillary's show um I think she did one or two virtual shows um and I was like okay this might work Mm -hmm. um so I was like, let let me figure some things out and put on put on some virtual shows. And it actually worked out for me because I was doing the show in a small like bakery bakery like pop. Yeah, what what venue of- were you doing your, your shows in in the in the um, before times? Yeah, and the before times it was Kia's Cakes. It's in uh, Lansdowne, um, right on Lansdowne okay, Avenue, yeah. and okay, uh, just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, so it's great, great place to get some 
some goodies and things, but it's a small, small location. So at most like 15 or 20 people could comfortably just sit and watch a show without being like obnoxious about okay. it. So that's about how many people were coming to the show. And I pay, I pay like whoever's on my show. Everybody yes, that's paid. the one thing. You you make sure that your um your comedians and your storytellers get paid. So I'm always yeah. happy to to pay the fee to support you guys. Yeah, thank you. Um I just find it really important, especially as comedians, like we're kind of the ones that I mean, all art I think is undervalued, but then kind of a lot of times people don't consider comedy like worth paying the artist and it's like no we actually work on this <laughs> we, we actually like prepare so um I wanted to make sure that I was paying um and so when I did the when I switched over I think my first show was in June um I was able to have over 50 people, I think, like log in and watch the show. It's a huge so, jump from 15 to 20 up to yeah, 50. Yeah. And they were all from all, you know, all over the country. Um, I don't know that I've reached the world yet, but <laughs> um, but they definitely, you know, we had some Hawaii, California, like different people from all over. Um and I was like, oh, I actually have a broader reach. Like mm -hmm. they get their yeah. friends and their audiences and yeah. the, the trend continues. Yeah. And and like you said um, earlier, like people might not get on a bus or drive, you know, depending on like he is cakes for me is like. 10 minutes away but if you're in you know North Philly or something you're gonna have to drive 30 minutes so it's like people might not want to do that but if they have access to it in their home or wherever they are at the moment then absolutely like we'll support so that was kind of my thought and it's worked so far um I don't know what the future of virtual things is, but it's I'm, so uncertain for sure. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like it's currently working. So I'm going to keep doing it. And like I said, in one of my, um, I guess an email, like if I, can't pay the artist anymore then that's the end of the show like and that's it that's that's, that's it. when you decide that's it's time to move on <laughs> yeah so um that's that's kind of how I started awesome and it's a super reasonable price I think it's only what eight dollars for $8. each of your shows yeah. and um so you do two shows that I've attended uh truth tellers um can you tell us a little bit about truth tellers yeah, Truth Tellers is a storytelling show for people of color to tell our own stories. And um, it is 
open for anyone to watch. So white people are welcome to come and watch. Um, but I really wanted to have that show um, specifically for people of color because oftentimes our our voices or our stories aren't being told by us. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot of different, um, even in, in movies and television and when they're trying to get that diversity, they'll add the black person in or, you know, do the, do whatever trope or whatever, but it's not actually coming from an authentic voice. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, let me get people to tell their own, to tell their own story, because really, who who better to tell your story than you? Right. And they're, I just I, I love the platform that that they have. And I also love the variety of the stories that that come with truth tellers, because even though I know you as a comedian, the the tone of everyone's story is completely different and there's pain and um some you know some real serious things that people have gone through that they share these vulnerabilities and it's it, i just i feel like i learn so much every every time i tune in so i grateful to you and your your artists for sharing your stories yeah thank you and yeah for truth tellers, it is, you can talk about anything within the theme. I do themes. Um, so the, I don't, I don't, I don't tell them what story to tell. So I just say, hey, here's the theme. Um, last, last month's was adventure. So I was like, hey, yes, that's right. That's right. That's the, right. Yeah. The story is adventure so whatever and we ended up with five different completely different stories like completely different so um I feel like storytelling for that for that show it is a little broader like it's very specific who can be on the show but it's also broader because it you can be funny or you can be you know, serious, sentimental, or whatever striking them that day. Yeah. Um, and then my other storytelling show is, um, I promise this is funny. And so that one is all comedians. I thought um, about using that as the name for this episode, but I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't. Cause I mean, it's obviously going to be funny, but I didn't, I can't take that from you. That's your, it's you. your show title. <laughs> yeah. So. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so that one is comedians um, telling stories on a theme, but it has to be like comedic. Um, so that one's a little bit different than the truth tellers. And that one also is um, more diverse and, you know, there are white comedians on the show and stuff. So. All right. And when when do you have uh, your next shows coming up? Um, I I think it's best if people go to my website, CecilyAlexandria.com. Get the dates um, and the details. To get the, um, yeah, 
because the I pretty much every month so far I have something going on. Um, but I think when this airs, um, the most recent things will have just been done. <laughs> understood. Completely understood. Um, so check out the the most up to date information on your website. Yeah. So it'll be up there. And I, I am really curious to see what the event space looks like over the next couple months, because as the weather starts to warm up and people are venturing out a little bit more, um, you know, we're, we're not necessarily comfortable with gathering and going to, is it Kia's Cakes? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and having in-person events such as that, but you know, are we still going to want to do virtual events? And mm-hmm. I, you know, I know for me, I'm not going to want to go out every night. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to want to, I'm going to want to tune in, but I'm not necessarily going to want to do uh, webinars and such in the evenings. So, right. right. <laughs> and I think that is um, like for my shows on Crowdcast and things, I keep it up for a couple of weeks so people can watch like if you pay for a ticket you can watch the show later um, ah, so you, that, you know you could watch it in the morning over coffee yeah. you can watch it on the weekends yeah you don't have to feel obligated to be there in person but it is yeah. fun in person because you get to see the little chat yeah the chat is pretty fun um <laughs> So, um, and it's funny because you can always tell when people know each other and they're all kind (laughs) of like hooting and hollering at each other through the chat. Um, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, Um, but I know there are some like live outdoor events coming, um, during the summer and stuff like that. And, you know, I think if, if a space, if people are being safe, then that's great. Um, but there are also a lot of people who are just not going to go out um, yeah, anytime soon. So it's a personal decision. And, I, you know, I, for one, am playing it safe as possible until I get vaccinated and then we'll make decisions on what's next. But that's yeah. it's pretty much all I can do at this point. <laughs> um, well, we've when we've been stuck inside for the last year. I'm sure a lot of us have been watching a lot of television. So you had sent me uh, an Instagram message about marriage or mortgage, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which apparently is trending now on Netflix that, uh, you know, these couples are paired up with a real estate agent and a wedding planner and they divulge their dream wedding based on that budget or the dream house based on that budget? And then which one will they pick? And to me, I, I feel it, I, I watched an episode in, in preparation for our conversation today and I, it gave me anxiety of <laughs> like, I, you know, I know when I was planning my own wedding that I would not have been able to also think about buying a home in the same vein. And I feel like that is a common conversation many couples have of, you know, do we want wedding first, then buy a house or buy a house, then do a wedding? Because, you know, there's a lot of couples that are just not either not interested in in marriage, not interested in buying a house. So 
it's all of the above or major life expenses. And so I, you know, I, I definitely, it was interesting kind of like watching someone else do my process of asking you a bunch of questions and trying to Mm. figure out where your priorities are. And so that's what I do with my clients, you know, okay, if you only have X amount to spend, tell me your dreams and your hopes, and then we'll try and kind of figure out based on your priorities, what you can afford and how, and we'll try and make that happen. I could not in a million years imagine that I've got, I'm sharing an office with a real estate agent, (laughs) (laughs) giving the same pitch of, okay, so MG can set you up with this for, you know, $20,000, or you could spend 20,000. It just, but I get it. And I'm, I I think I told you too, like, I'm not a huge reality person unless there's food or travel (laughs) involved. So, um, I don't know. I'll probably watch a couple more episodes, but it just, it just gave me a lot of anxiety this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been, I watched the whole, the whole thing. Oh, you binged it. You watched the whole, okay. That's that's how I live my life. Like I am a professional binge watching champion. Like I do all that. Um, I fully support. I fully support that. <laughs> I've I'm right here there, with you. There are just a few things that you should not binge watch, and I will tell you, it is the wire. <laughs> and, um, don't do that to yourself. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So I watched it, but I am always going to be like team uh, house. Like I'm just like I don't so. Every time I'm like, ah, that's a lot of money for a wedding. And there's like, you, you have given all of these reasons for needing a house for each person, like each couple has like legitimate reasons for needing a house. Like there's some with kids and. Dog needs a uh, backyard. Yeah. Like. <laughs> just the different things and it's like the wedding is kind of like for me I think weddings are important and I go to them and I you know at some point may want to have one if I ever find someone um but it's not like it's not where your priorities are right now so yeah. yeah so I'm just like wow that's a lot of money and that, and I even know that that's not the top of a wedding, like, because, because. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm like, oh, you like, just threw out, it's going to be $30,000. I'm like, I want to see a breakdown of what she's saying, an 80 person <laughs> wedding. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like this just flat number. Like I want to see an Excel spreadsheet that says exactly <laughs> where she's pulling these figures because I. <sighs> and she did a lot of. Um, for the show, like it clearly was for the show because um, she's like, you can have the venues that they would give you like this amount off. And the caterer said they would give you this for free and like all these things. And I'm like, I don't think that if I were to go to a venue, I think 
they would try to work with me or whatever, like whatever. But I don't think that you can expect to go and be able to bring your budget of whatever. They're setting unrealistic expectations. Absolutely. (laughs) That it's, you know, us, us wedding professionals, we can definitely finagle some things that your average couple might not be able to just because of relationships and bringing business to certain places, but at the same time, not as drastic as these, you know, $1,500, $3,000. And I'm curious if the, so I only watched the first episode and they ended up, they picked the wedding. Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) They picked the wedding, which I was surprised. I thought they were going to pick the house because Mm -hmm. they, they, um, uh, the dog running in the backyard was so cute. So they ended up not even being able to do their 80 person wedding due to COVID. And so they, they put that in the descriptors and so, you know, should they have just gotten, (laughs) and so I'm curious if the rest of the season did, um, were all of those weddings not able to happen due to COVID? Like, do you, did they say that or were they filmed in the before times or? So there was one that was like, their wedding was February 20 something, 2020. And I was like, oh, that was right the last before. Wedding yep. <laughs> that was like the last wedding. Um, but there were a few who had to make adjustments due to COVID. Um, and I wanted to know what the budget was like for that. Like, <laughs> Cause like, because they would have had to cut, cut. I, I would assume the amount of people right. that would be attending and probably. Well, it's also been a, like that. it's been a disaster because, you know, every state city has been different with their regulations. Mm, and yeah. so, um, you know, that's why I've stuck to the elopements and micro weddings and doing under 25 people gatherings which can only be outside right now in Philadelphia and I tell you what watching the ceremony and they were all maskless in the church I was just cringing yeah <laughs> so I I but I mean even when you do shrink it down to a more intimate affair like it still costs money so yeah I'm you know, for me, I'm like, why don't you buy the house and then have a beautiful backyard wedding? <laughs> that's, right. that's what I would have right. done. I just would have <laughs> stepped in and said, all you need is a, a photographer and a florist and you can make this pop and get the rental company to set stuff up for you, a fabulous caterer. And that's all you need. You know, if you want rustic chic, you can do this in your own backyard. Everybody went. So, but then I realized you probably wouldn't have much of a show. So (laughs) I I don't think they'll probably be calling me for my advice. (laughs) But your hair, like you could fit in because your hair is red. So they might call you in to be like a a fill-in for a show or something. Does everybody have red hair? (laughs) Both of them have red hair and I'm like, (laughs) did they do that on purpose or is that, so is that a wedding planner thing to have red hair? Is that a requirement? No, I think, (laughs) I think the, like the power black outfits, like the all Mm. black, 
that's typically uh, the the wedding planner go to look where when I show up in bright colors and florals, I, you know, <laughs> a little bit, but I also do something completely different. So, yeah. well, cool. Uh, what's next on your, on your binging list? Um, I'm not sure. I, uh, so last year around this time, I started watching Scandal. Ooh, I watch Scandal yes. and then like on my personal Facebook page, I was just like acting like, well, I had never seen it, like never seen Scandal at all. Um, but I was acting like it was a new show. And so I'd be like, oh my gosh, have you guys seen this new Shonda Rhimes show? Like, what? Like, this is great. So I did that. And then I just kept doing that for a lot of the other shows. But now I might watch How to Get Away with Murder, but I'm not sure if I'm actually going to commit to it. So that's my like, do I want to watch that or do I want to not? She did uh, Grey's Anatomy, right? Yeah. Because I never saw any of it, but I do have a friend who started watching it from the beginning. And I, I just, that seems like a lifetime commitment. I don't think I'm. Oh my gosh. I, there, it's been on for like 20 years or something. Like it's, uh, it's too much. It's too much. And I, I say I, that, but I've seen like every episode of Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, with Grey's Anatomy, I'm just like, just kill Meredith and let (laughs) us go. Let us go. Let me move on with my life. Kill her off. She's been almost dead like eight times. Just let her go this time. Like, (laughs) they're not going to, but it is a, a nighttime soap opera. Um. That could be a fun um, comedy episode or a skit of, you know, writing her off the show. I I would definitely (laughs) tune in for that. Um, Well, Cecily, I I cannot thank you enough uh, for for joining me today. Um, Thank you to our listeners who who joined us uh, for today's episode. Uh, Please let us know our listeners where they can follow you. And if you can highlight your your website once again, as well as uh, your social media. CecilyAlexandria.com. It's C-E-C-I-L-Y-A-L-E-X as an X-ray. A-N-D-R-I-A um, <laughs> dot com is where all of my information stuff is. And you can follow me at Cecily the Great on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so, but definitely check out my website, sign up for my email newsletter bi-monthly because that's as much as I can do. And they're great newsletters. Definitely. It's a quick, quick, easy, informative reads for sure. (laughs) And we're, you know, we're here at Beyond the Venue podcast and I completely forgot to ask you, tell me your favorite venue and either, you know, a venue that you miss going to, or if you could just be at a venue tomorrow or maybe a favorite place that you've performed or attended a show. Yeah. Um, it's a hard one. I 
We really just like um, in Charleston there there's like this water pineapple water fountain thing. Ooh. Um, and that was like one of the last places I was at. So um, February of 2020, I was down there with my family and um, it was just a, it was a fun uh, place. And I felt like that would be a great like wedding photo like spot. Love it. And a great place to recreate more scenes from Princess Bride. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mullage. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I can't thank you enough. And please, listeners, follow Beyond the Venue podcast on Instagram and check us out on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Have a great day. <laughs>